Hey, everybody. Welcome to the debut episode of the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast with your host. I'm What A Day Joe, along with the playa. And we are talking baseball movies here in the debut episode. Baseball movies, I you know, it's it's quite the thing. There are hundreds of them out there. And uh, Betty, what do you got? You got a list going, don't you, with uh, the baseball movies? I, I tell you what, Joe, <laughs> it really took a lot of thought because I've seen so many of them. I mean, how many great baseball movies are there? To narrow it down to 10, no, was, I, know, I have a bunch of honorable mentions. So if we have, maybe if I have a little time at the end of the podcast, we <laughs> yeah, can throw sure. those in there. But yeah, I, I really, really... I gave it quite a bit of thought to narrow that list down, but it was not easy. I know. I know. Once you get going, I'm going to start jotting notes down, and all of a sudden, I'm going to have like 20 more of that pop into my head. But Absolutely. I mean, I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch is. listed as it is, but I'm sure you got the good top 10. So, what, what do you got? What do you got for uh, some movies? All right, well, well, I'm going to start with 10. We'll work our way up to number one. So for okay. 10, right. I have uh, Bad News Bears, but now oh, okay. the the original Bad News Bears with uh, Walter Matthau. Uh, was it Tatum O'Neill? Adam O'Neill, yeah. Matt Dill- was Joyce Matt Dillon Van in that? No. Was Matt Dillon in that one? No. Was he? I forget. I don't think he was. No. I, I got no, uh, Joyce Van Patten yeah. was yeah. Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Tatum O'Neill was uh, Amanda. Yeah, and Walter yeah. Matthau was the uh, coach Morris. Uh, what was his yeah. name? Buttermaker? Buttermaker, yeah. Now, yeah. there were several. There were a few remakes on that, but nothing could talk oh. the original. Yeah, bad, bad news bears go to Uranus. I mean, it was like just yeah. a whole mess of follow-ups. But well, what about I, the one? What, what was they went to Japan, right? Antonio, no, they did go to Japan. Yeah, remember that one? That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, it was, it was a nice. I mean, I'm not big on on most of these movies. I mean, several of them that we mentioned are going to have sequels. Sure. And I mean, to me, the like, there's there's very few movies where I, I like I like like Rocky. I love the Rocky oh, movies. Who doesn't love a rock? Good Rocky yeah. movie on a Sunday, of course. But then, like you know, one of my favorite movies is Caddyshack, and then probably my <laughs> least favorite movie is the second Caddyshack movie. It's horrible. I didn't even I watch it anyway. Didn't even watch it. You can't. No, talk you missed. You like missed nothing. You know, my favorite scene in Caddyshack. I don't mean to go off script here, but my favorite scene in Caddyshack is when the bishop is in the in the bar there drinking with the club members, and Ted Knight goes up behind him and goes, "For God's sakes, you're a bishop!" And he looks at me, and goes, there, "My name <laughs> there is, is no God. <laughs> there is no God." <laughs> I mean, you you can watch that movie over and over and find a different line in there that'll just bust you out open, just like Airplane. You can watch that over and over. And so. I can do Caddyshack. And, like, I literally can be, like, every character in that movie. Oh, yeah. Just, I like, was go, go right down the script. <laughs> like, even Maggie. So. I, when, you know, I'm going to have it. I already decided. You know, <laughs> when, when he, you know, when he, when he tells, when she tells him she thinks he's pregnant. She's pregnant. I know, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. She Good was, tr- I think, cast. wasn't she an animal house? I want to say she was. She looked familiar. I don't know. That was probably what I, I want to say. She was Dean Vernon Warmer's daughter. Yeah, you know, in the in the carriage waving to the father there. Yeah, Carmine, the exactly. mayor, the mayor. Yeah, Carmine. after her uh, fake boobies fall out, all the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, that's how the, the, the she's only fourteen. Right. There you go. Well, we're going way off script here. Okay, so bad oh, news yeah, bears no, number ten. What do we got for number nine? Number nine. Number. I feel like you know we're, we're counting this Casey Kasem. So the, for number nine, I have sixty one, which is a movie that was uh, that came oh. out in two thousand one. I directed believe it was by directed Billy by Billy Crystal. Yeah, love that. But it movie. really love doesn't that. have as far as a cast. Yeah, th- there's a bunch of unknowns. I guess the gentleman named Barry Pepper played Roger Maris. Another yep, man, Barry gentleman Pepper, named yep. Thomas Thomas Jane played yep. uh, Mantle. Uh, right. I mean, uh, looking at the names, a very few of them uh, really, really. I mean, Christopher McDonald, 
played Mel Allen. And I mean, that's obviously a name. Yeah, Richard now, Masur was in it. Um, there were some big stars in that movie. Christopher McDonald was in it too as well. Correct. Yeah, he was yep. he was Mel Allen. And yeah. you know, I, I couldn't now the gentleman who played and none of I mean the the resemblance of, of the, the guys who played Mantle and Maris was was stunning in my opinion. Oh the, uh, how yeah. how much they looked like them. And yep. I like the guy, I can't think of his name. He's a character actor, he's been in a ton of movies. The guy sure. who played Red Barber didn't really look like Red Barber, but he sounded oh, for, just like him. But yeah, he's I mean, been in several movies. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm trying to look him up now. Red Barber. He um, let me see here. I know that Thomas Jane was in um, a movie with Cameron Diaz back in the in the ninety two thousands. Anthony Michael Hall was in it as well. He was in there. All right. Uh, he he played Whitey Ford. He was the one that always got him out of my. Uh, um, stuff. Bruce McGill, Ralph Hulk. I mean, there's some a lot of stuff. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that was right. I mean, I was born in 1955. I remember the 1964 season is the first season that I remember because I was in third okay. grade and I was allowed to bring my transistor radio to school. Uh, so we could I got, listen I just, to I got a transistor Carter. radio behind me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that was the first. I and mean, obviously, unfortunately, the Yankees lost, and that was like the last year before they oh, wow. hit. That was their last. Then they went into the the Horace Clark era right after that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, so that that was a kind of a tough time for the Yankees fans, wasn't it? Oh, from sixty five through seventy five. Yeah. yeah, I mean they had a couple of blips, you know, with the, I think in seventy or seventy one they came in second place, but no no postseason for that whole time. Oh wow, that must have been that must have been tough for you guys in the Bronx, huh? <laughs> well, when you think about from like uh, I want to say 1921 until 1964, sure. I don't know how many how many pennants they won. Like in that, it had yeah. to be like 30 something pennants and 20 World Series. I mean, Yankee yeah. fans were spoiled. Let's face it. I mean, yeah, the Yan- the Yankees were the equivalent to the Boston Celtics back in that day. I mean, the Celtics, yeah, yeah. they won it exactly. every year, year after year, and all that stuff. Because everything, the competition was kind of stale at that time. A few, you know, a few big names popped in in baseball. Um, 67, Yastrzemski, Triple Crown, right? Oh, they, yeah. They, they had an unbelievable year. So, um, yeah, that's pretty good. So, yeah, 61 was a great movie. I watched that over and over. I remember watching that on, on a VCR. That came out during, uh, before CDs and all that stuff. DVDs came out. So, I remember that one. That was a good movie. Very good. Now, movie. you know, now, now I have uh, food for thought though, for a future uh, podcast, maybe we Uh-oh. debate what the greatest team of all time is. Oh boy. That, that that's one, a pod- good one, right? One podcast that, wouldn't cover that. <laughs> oh yeah. But I mean, I, you got to throw the 1961 Yankees in there. Sure. I'm sure. Definitely. And you got to cap it off with the 2004 Yankees, Red 61 Sox. Yankees. Yeah. 2004 Red I mean, Sox should have kept it off with that. Oh, absolutely. No, you, you, know? you got to throw them in there too, but that's, that's a great debate. I mean, that's like, that's, oh. that's total hot stove league stuff. We need, we need a whole panel of people on that one. We would. Yes. Yeah. From all walks of life. You got to get some Maybe people even in like on call that up, one too. Uh, call David Ortiz and have him like as a guest on the Big podcast. Poppy. Big Poppy. Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Who do you get for number eight? Number eight. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to uh, when I was a teenager <laughs> on Tuesday nights. Uh, I don't ever heard of Bruce Morrow, cousin Brucey. Cousin, that uh, sounds familiar. He's and he's on Sirius XM now, but he was like a he was the DJ in New York. Yeah. Oh, and wow. every Tuesday night at six o'clock on WABC seventy seven, they played the top twenty. Oh wow! And I would sit there with my notebook. This is I mean, what a geek I was, and I would actually re- I would record the top twenty survey, and then oh, I would geez. assign points. So num- number number wow. twenty was one point. 
number, you know, obviously number one was 20 points and everywhere in between. So like, and I would keep a tally of each record <laughs> and how many points it had, because at the end of the year, they did the top 100. And I wanted to see how close my top 100 got to sure. theirs. Oh, and I, I mean, they, they had some over. Yeah, that, that just that was beginning that, of my you know, peak, you start talking with about, you know, listening to the radio and all that stuff and writing this stuff. I, I'm automatically going back to Ralphie and a Christmas story when I was trying to figure out that puzzle on, on the radio. That, right. that's, the, that's the scene I'm getting right now exactly. with you. So. <laughs> no, that, that, yeah, but whenever I hear like number eight, like I think I, I immediately flash back to like 1969. But my wow. number eight is one of my favorite movies. I just, sure. I, I used to watch it with my kids all the time Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield. Sorry, once. Sorry, once. The, now, there was another uh, version of it in the 50s, I believe. Oh, so it was uh, a remake then? Yeah, that's a remake, but now okay. it's it, with, with a twist because. Um, in the original movie, the right. the angels visited the manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, and this you know this was completely different. Great great cast in this movie. You got Tony Danza. Yep, I remember you that. Got, uh, Danny Glover. You got Christopher Lloyd. Um, yeah, is that the J. one J. where the foul the foul pole bends or something like that? This is a, yes, it is. Yeah, yes, that is it the is. One. Okay, I remember seeing and, that. And and one of the uh, Bert, Ben Williams, one of the outfielders wow. in the yeah. uh, in uh, in the movie was played by a very young and not so famous at this time, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, oh, I I'm not sure that. if it was his movie debut or it had to be pretty close. Oh, it's going to be pretty very, close to that. What year was minor that? Part. What year was Angels that? Angels in the Outfield was, uh, uh, let's 90s? see, 1994. Yeah, 94. Okay. 94. That's pretty close to a Great debut, flip, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, but, yeah, it was – I started watching the original and I, for whatever reason, I couldn't finish watching. I do have it. it he, the, the guy's the manager of their pirates and, and they're like atrocious. Like the pirates are most of the time. And uh, the fans are riding him as John. 1980 with Willie Stargell. No way. <laughs> no, we are family, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. He Very was a uh, twin MVPs, dual MVPs with Keith Hernandez in 1979. Wow. Unbelievable. Yep. That's why we're doing this podcast, Joe. We're, we're, we're you know, you we spent a lot there of time you. with baseball. There you go. What do you got for number seven? Seven. Now, uh, for seven, I have A League of Their Own, which came out in 1992. And the only reason yep. why this movie wasn't higher on my list is because right. I despise Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna as uh, much as I love Tom Hanks. But okay. what a great what a great story it is! It's an and unbelievable it's story. story. I've seen the movie a million times. A little tidbit about that movie, if you will, and you hate Madonna, you're probably going to hate her even more. Um, Carol King sings that song at the end of the movie when uh, they, you know, when the bus really? arrives and she arrives. Carol King wow. was slated. That song was supposed to be the theme to a league of their own. Uh, so when she went to present it to Penny Marshall and all that, Penny Marshall said, "Great, we'll put this in there." Madonna's executives came over there. It was in Madonna's contract that um, this used to be my playground. That song turned out to be the theme song um, to A League of Their Own. And that was written in Madonna's contract as part of her role in that movie. Um, I just found that out. I like the Carol King song better than the Madonna song. Um, but it's just... Yeah. Yeah, that's a little tidbit there. So if you hated Madonna now, you probably hate her even more since because yeah, Penny Marshall, who obviously has passed away... Um, she wanted right. Carol King to have that song, so they managed to put that song in the movie. However, it was at the end, but um, but you know, none, actually, no, it's at the beginning. Excuse me, it used to be playgrounds at the end. It's in the beginning when she's packing and getting ready to go to the field and all that stuff. Um, 
Now and Forever is the name of the song from Carol King. Great okay. song, by the I way. Gotcha. There's a great YouTube video as well. It shows all the scenes from the movies with Tom Hanks, Gina Davis, everybody. Um, great, great movie. Great, great ending, too. So really worked out well. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time is when uh, Jimmy Dugan's getting ready. Tom Hanks is getting ready to board the bus with the team. Yeah. And a couple of kids <laughs> ask him for an autograph. Yeah. And uh, the kid goes, wow, avoid the crap, Jimmy Dugan. Clap, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> And then Tom Hanks yells out, that's good advice. <laughs> just just a great scene. I thought you could say when, should... he, when he kisses the the uh, the chaperone there. By the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, just it got a ton of, I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, the I guy who still well. Yeah, the guy who played Squiggy was the announcer. I love those announcers back then. Come oh, on out right. to the ballpark. Yes, yes. Bring the kiddies, why don't you? I love yeah. that movie. It's great, a great, flip. great movie. Great movie and kind of a semi-true story, I would assume, right? I mean, there was all the, about, uh, I think it was the All-American. Uh, I'm not sure the exact name of it, Women's All-American Baseball yep. League, but they were in they were in business for about I don't know, maybe six, seven years. Yep. I we had my gym teacher um, in high school. She was elderly, but she she was retiring when I was in high school. Her name was Mary Pratt. She's actually in the movie because she played on one of the teams back in the day. Oh, nice. Yep. They show her pitching or something in, in the end, you know, when they show because some of those people at the end are the original uh, people yes, that were still that, that alive from, yes. from that league. So um, that was kind of a neat thing. Somebody from the hometown there uh, was in that movie. So yeah, great I, movie. League of their own. I really tell you good what, stuff. Gina Davis, either oh, yeah. she's a great athlete or she's a hell of an actress because I mean, she just looked like a ball player. Yeah. She, she's tall. She's tall. Yeah. In life she's too, a, so. she's a, what do they call it? You know, tall glass of water. <laughs> Jojo calls those guys tall drink of water. Yeah. I get it. There you go. <laughs> All right. What do you got for, what do we on Number six, I think. Is it number number six? six. So this is kind of an obscure movie. Uh -oh. That maybe not many people heard about is the Scout, uh, oh, with okay, uh, yeah. with Albert Brooks and uh, Brendan, Brendan Fraser, Fraser and yeah. Diane Weist, who's the yeah. Doctor Aaron, the psychologist, and There's a lot of so, therapists in that going on. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> Albert Albert Brooks is Al Percolo, and he yep. gets pretty much banished to Mexico because he's such a shitty baseball scout. Why and, uh, <laughs> and he finds uh, Steve Nebraska. There's this. Uh, some he never i don't think he ever did mention where he actually came from but he oh, was I, just down there playing baseball with uh donkeys in the outfield playing for uh chimichangas and burritos <laughs> and uh he signs him to to this huge multi-million dollar contract but yeah. steve nebraska and and they do a really good job of not quite saying what his issues are but he obviously has issues and albert uh percolo the scout uh there's a caveat in the contract that Nebraska doesn't have to play this year unless the Yankees make the World Series. Oh, and okay. at the time he at the time he made that caveat, the Yankees were like woefully out of you know contention. Sure. But of yeah. course, the Yankees rallied and they made the World Series. And of course, uh, of course. Um, but he Steve Nebraska throws the only perfect perfect game because not only does he throw a perfect game, you know, but he records twenty seven strikeouts. And not only that, wow, he, he records them on eighty one pitches. So, so that's he, like that's just perfect. Th 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 there should be a name for that. Of course, like there's really no need to because it would never happen. Right. Exactly. But you know, my my question was after that, like, where do you yeah. go from there? Because like the minute you throw a ball, yeah, gonna, somebody I, from yeah, the stands gonna say, "Well, you suck, Nebraska." I mean, like, you might as well you might as well pitch that perfect game, the ultimate perfect game, and just retire. And right. that's it. 
You'll have the league leading ERA. You'll have record breaking stats. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, where do you go from there? If that was, you know, in real life, that but, is. But Nebraska was the greatest baseball player who ever ever lived. They even had a home run in the World Series game. It just, but oh, wow. and his his uh, passion is sure. doing laundry. He he likes to <laughs> hang out with Al Percolo and and watch him do laundry. Even though oh, he's you know, a gazillionaire pitching for the Yankees, he likes to go figure. People are funny. People are funny. But it, it's, right. it's a it, not a well-known movie, but I, I really sure. enjoy I've seen it many, many, many times, and it's one of my favorites, obviously. Awesome, awesome. All right, what's that, What's next up? What do you got? All right, well, the iconic movie, Major League from 1989. And I'm oh, it's, God. specifically the first one. Oh, yeah. Just, no, just I, a no great, remakes. Great yeah. yeah, Major League, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, a who's who of characters now that, that are in that. Um, I remember the owner of that, the Cleveland Indians. I forget her name, but she was in all the Michael J. Fox movies, Secret of My Success. Margaret, Margaret Witten was her name, and she played Ra- Rachel yep. Phelps in the movie. Yep. She was in a couple of movies in the 80s and all that. And you got, um, who's the guy from L.A. Law there? He was in that one. Tom Berenger? Um, yeah. No, nope. that, yeah. that was, he's Cor- obviously, he's uh, a Corbin movie Berenson? star. Cor- Corbin Berenson, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. knocks out uh, Charlie Sheen after they win it. Um but what a great, great movie. Great Wesley movie. Snipes is Willie yep. Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. Don't leave home without it. <laughs> right. <laughs> great movie. I like movie. when they ask him, uh, what, what league did you play in last year? League, <laughs> last year? Oh, California Penal. He, was, <laughs> he stole a car. I don't think you could even make a movie like that nowadays. I'm telling you. You probably no. couldn't. No, no but that really right there, right you did so many groups up in arms over that. that oh, absolutely. Alone, so. But, you yeah. know, you think about, like you said, the cash. You got Bob Euchre. You know, yep. as uh, Harry Doyle, the announcer, you got you got Dennis Haysbert. Oh, yeah. As, uh, as uh, Pedro Serrano. Oh, yeah. Uh, Serrano. You got Wesley Snipes. You got uh, Chelsea Ross, who I played. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Chelsea I think Ross. Very, yeah. Played uh, Eddie Harris. The uh, He was the one that uh, uh, Willie, uh, not Willie Mays Hayes, but uh, Serrano had a like a uh, like a what do you call it? A, a, a Buddha shrine. or something. Yeah. Shrine shrine Joe, like, yeah. Joe Boo, his little, you yeah. know, little yeah. shrunken head. And he yeah. had rum, and uh, you know, after everybody cleared out to the locker room, Chelsea Ross, uh, Eddie Harris took a sip, and he goes, "Up your butt, Joe Boo." No, and geez. then he was out on the field for like five seconds, where somebody took a swing and a miss, and he was oh, walking yeah. towards the bullpen and just hit him right in the back of the neck. Yeah, just a great, yeah. Just a great scene. But yeah, I wonder I, in in real life, you know, do owners do that? Do owners want to tank a season and stuff like that? Makes you wonder. I mean, yeah, makes you wonder. Well, I mean, the, the, the plot comes from somewhere. The writers are writing from you know. You, you, some people, some of it's real life crossing over, but you just wonder sometimes some of those teams. And of course, they picked Cleveland at the time, which you know pretty much was always in the basement um, over there. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah the, the Japanese construction work is like always like they you know they still suck. You know, they had subtitles. So. Saying how bad they suck. Oh my god! Like I said, you can't make a movie like that nowadays. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, it, it it was a great one though. All right, what's next? What do you got? Now we're number four. Number four. Uh, this and I I've watched this movie so many times and it gives me goosebumps and all kinds of emotions every time I watch it. Is yeah. the Sandlot and the Sandlot. The, okay, yeah. The, the end of the movie when when uh, when uh, Benny the Jet steals home. Okay, and his best friend, you know, Smalls, is the broadcaster for the LA Dodgers, and he goes, "I don't believe it. The Jets yeah. stole home. The Jets stole okay. home." And you see them, uh, you know, uh, Benny the Jet from the field and sure. Smalls exchange the thumbs up. Just a okay. great moment. But what a movie! 
Yeah, um, that's a, who was in that movie too? There was a couple of stars in that. Well, I mean, played in there. Um, you had Art Lafleur uh, played yeah. uh, played the babe. You know, the, okay. the, the dead, dead version of the babe. Okay. Um, you had um, now you had uh, Dennis Leary who played Small's oh, yeah. dad. Okay. You had now you had James Earl Jones who played Mister oh, yeah. Myrtle, who he actually was, was the, yeah. uh, the the junkyard guy. But it, as it turns out, he was yeah, one Mr. of the greatest Myrtle. players in the history of the Negro Leagues. Yeah, he was Mr. Myrtle. Um, yes. Oh yeah, Dennis Leary was in it. Yeah, got a lot. Daniel Zacapo was the police chief. He's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, most, yeah, most yeah. of the kids didn't really. Uh, they didn't really chart after that. I want to say, like the, the young yeah. kids. Yep. That was what ninety three that came out. That was. Uh, I think yeah. you are dead on there. Nineteen ninety three, yeah. and it. And it um, I mean, I when I saw that movie the first time, I thought, yeah. "Holy crap! That is my childhood." Because we literally, you know, and okay. I, I, I was usually the first one up, so I got you know had breakfast, got my ball, got my glove, you know, got my bat, yeah, and knocked on the next door neighbor's door, and you know we we would you know circle the whole block, you know, we t- sure. After we, after all, we had ten of us. We walked to the park. You know, played ball for about man four or five hours. Went home, ate lunch, came there back and played till it was dark out. I mean, yeah, it really that. was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, me and Jojo just, were just talking about it last night. You didn't go home until the uh, streetlights came on. You know, no, that's that was no, when it was time to go home. So was, yeah, definitely, that was the automatic curfew. Yep, that's yep. it. That's but it. That, and one of my favorite scenes well, it's two great scenes. One is when they sure. decide to chew tobacco and get on that tilt a whirl <laughs> with. Uh, and you hear the talk, the song Tequila in the background, and then you can show them like gradually losing, you know, oh, yeah. tossing their cookies. Oh, and sure. then uh, when I uh, probably lose you, my cookies, America too. is beautiful. Oh yeah, what's that? Okay, I said I probably would have yeah, tossed my cookies too if I got on a tilt to world oh, with a bucket full oh, of uh, yeah. chew in my mouth. So <laughs> absolutely. But then uh, Ray Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, Benny the Jet hits one in the air, and you just, it disappears amongst the fireworks. Uh, just yeah. like scenes like that give you goosebumps, but great movie, go. great movie, so nice. much adventure. There you go. Number four. What do you got? Number four. Well, that was number four. So number three is. Oh, that was number four. Very, oh wow, that was number four. Yeah, we're we're moving up there. We're up to the top three. I have okay. number three is the Pride of the Yankees. Uh, okay, which I, I yep. actually have a hard time watching that movie because really I, I remember as a kid. Yeah, because just the part. I mean, I love the whole movie. Um, uh, up until when he he, he gets sick, right. and then it's oh, just yeah. it's yep. too much. But Gary yep. Cooper, what a what an actor! Um, exactly, yeah. and he was uh, people, Walter Brennan. Was Walter Brennan before he became uh, uh, Grandpa McCoy? Dang, never Luke. Yeah, <laughs> remember the, the real McCoys? I'm, I'm dating myself. That. I'm so damn yep. old, but yeah, that, that was and uh, Ruth played a, a cameo in it. Played himself. That was one of those movies, came out in 1941. That was one of those movies where my uncle and my father, if they were flipping through the channels or, or turning the TV, I should say, before remote controls, um, if that movie was on, they they kept that movie on. So that was always Oh, on. yeah. That, that, that that's an Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, something like that. That came on. And, yeah, that, that one was, that was a tough one. He gives that speech and all that stuff. So, yeah. And another one like Gary Cooper. I mean, he had to. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Robert Redford, too. Yeah. Uh, these guys, like even Gina Davis, like they did a great job. You know, they, they looked very athletic. And I don't know what Gary Cooper's background was. Sure. But, he no, but I, think, I think he had some type Garrett. of background. I think he, yeah, he was tall, dark, handsome. He was that guy. Um, he was Hollywood back then. 
how many great movies did he have? Jeez, like I, I still could go and watch. Is it? I think it's Meet John Doe. Is that oh, the yeah. name of it? Probably. What a movie. Yeah, I think he's a little he, before my time, but I know exactly who actually, he is. Actually, <laughs> no, and actually, in fairness, mine too, because yeah, I, yeah. I'm talking about '40s movies. But yeah, yeah, he was just. I mean, he was that. Him and um, like uh, Jimmy Harry, Stewart. Jimmy Grant, Stewart was tall Jimmy too. Jimmy Stewart. They were all these leading men were very, very actual leading men. They were tall. They were larger than life characters, almost similar to pro wrestling back in the day. Where they I were wonder what kind of life. money they made back then, as far as you know, and and what it would equate. I wonder I if they made the equivalent of like what a what a Tom Cruise would make as a as a leading role. I would say they made a lot, but not as much. Maybe because there wasn't as much available back then. Um, you know, for the, the glamour life thing, you know, there's always the nice car and the nice house and everything, but you know, I, did they travel a lot back then? I don't know. Um, you know, I bet you they didn't make more than 200,000. I bet you, nah, they didn't yeah, I, I wouldn't say. Yeah. And even if you index that to in, with inflation, yeah, we'd have to I, we'd have to reference that. That could be a whole nother show too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know what? That's a good point because you know, I I read. I mean, as a child, I've read countless baseball books and i remember yogi Berra's book oh yeah and i remember him signing one year for like seven grand oh my god and, and you know so seven grand in the early 50s that's uh, no, no matter what you even if it equates to 700 grand now it's still for an autograph for yeah. an autograph oh my god no i'm saying for for his contract yeah oh his contract yeah his contract, I wonder, seven, yeah so, i mean at seven hundred thousand for yogi Berra, who won three mvps when you know these guys are making 30 times more than that. It's funny when you talk about salaries real quick, I don't want to go off script, but I was watching a sports show back in 1980 and um, uh, Tommy Lasorda was on it. I think it was like something like Barbara Walters. You might be able to YouTube this too. And Dave Winfield got the big contract for the Yankees first multi-million dollar contract or whatever. And, yes. and then they asked Tommy Lasorda is like, how, how do you justify paying a ball player this kind of money for, for a game essentially? And Tommy Lasorda was dead serious and looked at them and said, you know, if it's it's what it is, if you had to pay a plumber to come to your house to fix something and they charge $10,000 an hour, you'd have to pay it. And that's how it is in Major League Baseball. And that's that rang so true to me. They made uh, those ballplayers millionaires because of the residuals that they get in return. But that's the way he justified. It. He goes, that's the business we're in. You play baseball, you make a lot of money. Um, just like if you're a plumber, you make X amount of money. He goes, if that's the going rate for a plumber to come to your house, then you pay it. Same thing with baseball. And I thought that was, you know, as, I think I was 12 or 13 at the time when I heard that. And I'm like, wow, that's what an analogy uh, to, to, you know, to say about a, a ball, a ball player making that kind of, just to justify it was kind of funny to me. So I, I think in a way, now is kind of payback because I mean, all those yeah. years before free agency where the players were totally at the mercy of the owners. And oh, yeah. like, they I, owned I, you. I they really owned you back then. Right. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Was it 53, 1953? I think when Mickey Mantle won the triple crown, he hit okay. like, I, I think it was maybe 56. Yeah. But um, he hit like 53 homers. He hit like yeah. 353. Um, and his contract for the next year yeah. was exactly the same as the year before. Unbelievable, right? And I mean, what what leverage do you have? Well, you, most you, of them, most of them represented themselves too back then. I believe too, they didn't have agents. Oh yeah, they, they, they mailed have, they mailed the contract to your house. Yeah, they they went to your house. The they owner literally mailed the contract to your house. Yes. Yeah, do you want to play for us? You want to play ball? Sure, okay. 
Let's do it. You know, there's an, my, my parents used to have this Italian saying, which I mean, literally means like this or balls, but, um, you know, it, it's like, it, go have some pasta for you. Huh? Yeah. My, my, like my dad would say, I'd say, Hey dad, what's for lunch? Uh, I'd say, he'd say grilled cheese. And I'd say, I don't really want grilled cheese. You go, hey, okay, to God's like take uh, it or leave it. There so you like, go. It was the same thing with a contract back back then. Yeah, you, no you because you couldn't go, you couldn't say, well, I'm just, I'm not going to play for you. I'm going to play for somebody else because exactly you couldn't, you couldn't do that. So you were like black once, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once free agency came into being, I really think that uh, the players, yeah. I think they got way, way, way below their market value for years and years. Oh, definitely. And then once free agency came into being, uh, you know, into play. Yeah, and they started making what they probably should have been making. I mean, I don't see more money, more money, and less rules, and all like that. It was crazy. Yeah, right. I mean, you see the ball I mean, plays is- like Yastrzemski, sixty-seven triple crown, probably made peanuts back then. If you do something like that nowadays, you, you know, it's in your contract, you get like a twenty million dollar bonus or something like that. But I can't imagine. I, I, I wonder because kind of Yaz is still Yaz is still around, right? He's about eighty-three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's up there. Yep, eighty-three. Yep. But I, I mean, I wonder how he, what he made, and what I wonder how he feels, like what, what kind of money he would have made if he was playing now. Yeah, you'd have to have a conversation with him in a bar room for that, because I don't think on the record he would, he would say anything legitimate, so to speak. He'd probably give you the general term that they, the blanket statement that everybody gets. You'd have to have a real conversation with them, because I am sure. You got the, you know, the Jim Rices and the Fred Lins and the Kyle Stremskis, and I'm sure back in the day, even Reggie Jackson, um, you know, Mr. October, he, I don't, I, I couldn't even tell you what he was making, and he's the one that set the record for the home runs in the World Series. So, I don't know, think Reggie ever made more than like say three or four hundred thousand a year. That's, isn't that crazy? That's absolutely crazy. And absolutely again, crazy. If, if, if you jack it for inflation, you're maybe talking like say maybe two to three million. Yeah, I mean, reserve outfielders make that kind of money, and yeah. like the, yeah. So, yeah, that's another example. Talk like I wonder how a Reggie feels about what the, the kind of jack these guys are making, and like, do they wonder like, man, I was born way too early because I would have. Although I think I think they were well, like it's got to be Yaz was was it's like got to be similar to pro wrestling. You get the Ric Flair's and the Hulk Hogan's who pre you know pre, pro wrestling days traveled 360 days out of the air and made a, a fraction of what some of these guys make nowadays. Right. Um, and, you and know, and they'll say they're the founders yeah. of the sport and all that stuff. They got to be rewarded in some way. I mean, there's got to be some type of give back to major league baseball to all these players who, you know, pave the way for these guys to make that kind of money. Right. You know, there's got to be something. So I would think so. I, I mean, I think most of them are getting some kind of pension. The, the sad thing is, oh, yeah, well, not sad, but I mean, they're probably making more with their pension now than they actually made as a player. With inflation and all that, I'm sure they are. There's no doubt right. about it. There's no doubt about it. All right, what do you got? We're up to number two now? Number two, the runner-up. And boy, this was tough. Well, number two is The Natural. Oh, with, uh, love that movie. Oh, love my that God. movie. Robert Redford. Uh, I want to... <laughs> speechless. It, 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 We're both speechless right now. <laughs> right, because and he, I think we, we both talked about it offline. How many yeah. times, like I've seen that when he hits the home run and it explodes the lights. I played I have, wiffle ball. I told, I, I told you we used to play wiffle ball in the backyard and we would simulate those moonshots and we'd call it, it's still going. It's still, you know what I mean? That is just incredible. In, uh, in the storyline behind all that, you know, he gets shot and the injury comes back and all this craziness, you know, he's sick. 
you know, there's a past, and, and there's another bribery, one. there's scandal, there's oh, just yeah. about a mix of everything in there. there I mean, really, there's not a lot. I mean, it's a baseball movie, but yep. it's like way, way more than that. There's oh, so yeah. many like, you know, storylines within within the the, yeah. the movie. But just you know, you got Robert Duvall as oh, yeah. Max Mercy, the sports writer. You got Bar- Barbara Hershey. You know, she was the yeah. uh, I think her name was Harriet Bird. You got uh, what's his oh, name? Who, the, 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 who played um, the owner? He's been in a ton of movies. Oh, oh Robert Prosky. Oh my God, he he he's like Hollywood Central back then. Robert Prosky was the uh, the priest in the movie Rudy, which is another favorite. Oh movie. yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, he's been uh, in a ton of stuff. You got Wilford Brimley before he. Oh you yeah, know, became addicted to oatmeal. Yep. <laughs> when he died of diabetes too, or something like that. That's crazy. Who knows. But yeah, Glenn Close was was his, yeah. you know, his a young Glenn thing. Close, a young Glenn yes. Close too. Yeah, yeah. but with that that one now again Redford, like the way you know, because like, they they showed his pitching motion, yeah. and his swing. I oh mean, my god, they were sweet, right? I mean, that was a major league level swing. Yeah. I'm trying to find out who played the bat boy. Is it Bobby? Yeah, George oh, Bobby. Bobby, pick me out a winner, Bobby. Yeah, remember that one. Pick me out of winner. What was the name of the bat too? It was called something. He oh, made his own gosh. bats. Wonder like, Boy, wasn't it? Wonder Boy, yeah, it was Wonder yeah. Boy. That's just incredible. Then he broke his bat. He goes, "Pick right. me out a winner," and he moonshots that baby. What a what a great movie. Yeah, great. great. I, I, if you like, can watch that last scene and not feel either goosebumps or something, then you need to check up. Well, not even from the neck up. You need you need a, your heart looked at because you don't have one. And the I mean, soundtrack just, was unbelievable too. Oh, I don't know who was. I figured who did the soundtrack, but my goodness, you um, know, I, I joined. I think after this podcast, I'm going to binge watch all these oh, movies. You'll never guess. Conducted by Randy Newman. Unbelievable. Wow. And the uh, often been compared to the style of Albert uh, Aaron Co- Copeland and Bernstein. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> unreal. Just unreal. Just, Great, great movie. Yeah, you can hear that. Oh man, the hits the lights and it keeps going. The sparks and everything, and you know, it. It. I mean, it was a tough choice to make this number two and not, and not number one. I mean, in my mind, it's almost it's one A. Sure, sure. All right, what do you got? You got to unload that number one now that number we got. We segued. If you build it, he will come. Ah, oh. uh, Field of Dreams, and yeah. then to me, this will always be the goat of baseball movies. I'm gonna and show you like something right now. You ready? You ready? Because I didn't even now we're doing we're taping this. I didn't know you were gonna choose that as number one, but I queued something up just for us. You ready for this? Sure, ready. Hey, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. <laughs> oh yeah, could have swore it was heaven. Oh, oh my God, uh, Dyersville! You've been there, right? You told me you've been many there? times. I actually hit a ground rule double into the cornfield. It was like one of the greatest. Oh. I mean, they just had some random guys. I guess they were volunteers. Yeah, you know, and this place is literally in the middle of nowhere. Wow! And it's exactly—I mean, it was. I don't know how it is now. I've been there in a little bit, but exactly like it looks in the movies. Just yep. you had people. You know, they brought their gloves. You could play in the outfield. Shag flies. Yeah. Uh, some guy was pitching, like you know, BP. <clears throat> and sure. you got to get like 10 swings and right. I nailed one into the cornfield. Nice. What a thrill. I mean, just, and now, I ran the bases and, you know, I'm in Centerville, Iowa, and we're a few hundred miles away from uh, Dyersville, but it is on my bucket list to get up there. 
Oh gosh. Uh, you can even you spend can, the night. You can spend the night in the house. That actual house is still there. The room is still there. You can actually stay in that house for a Well, day. I think I'm gonna add that part to my bucket list. Yeah. Because that yeah, but I do just, know they block it off for the first couple of weeks in August because they do have the pro game up there. Major League goes up there and plays the game now uh every year. That's on the that's on the schedule. I think it's a lot I think it was the Yankees that did the first couple um of games up there. Yankees, I think Yankees White Sox was the first. Yeah, one. Yankees White Sox pinstripes. Yep, they were there. So yeah. it's it's a great great experience. I mean, I've seen it online. I want to live it. You've lived it. I want to get up there. It's on my bucket list, no doubt about it. Everybody in that movie plays their part to perfection. Kevin Costner, yeah. you got the you know oh, yeah. um, uh, James Earl Jones as Terrence exactly. Mann, the writer. Film, you got Ray Liotta. Scenes filmed in Boston. I you know you watched the movie, you had no idea the Red Sox or oh, the Boston Red Sox would be involved in that. Uh, whether it was a trip to Fenway, um, James Earl Jones living in um, in Boston. And the part of Boston he was living in is actually Chinatown, uh, believe it or not. Oh, really? When they find yeah. him, yeah. That, that was filmed in Chinatown because I think they say, oh, look for the, the, the dead first chicken. first window without a chicken. Yeah, for, yeah, that's Chinatown in Boston. Like, oh, wow. I've walked those streets a million times, and they hang their food right up there for you to look at. It's a whole different So that was realistic. Oh, that's realistic, yeah. Uh, the wow. scene on Lansdowne Street behind the Green Monster. Yeah, I mean, it's just an unbelievable movie. I, did, I had no idea there would be a Red Sox connection in that movie when that first came out. Uh, I remember them filming it, but I didn't think, you know, I didn't read the storyline about it until the movie actually came out. And you're like, oh, boy, he's looking up at the scoreboard, the old scoreboard at Fenway. And, you know, he gets the message there, you know, um, just a distance. great, great yep. movie. Great movie. And uh, what's his name was in it? The old, the doc. Who's doc? Oh, Burt uh, Lancaster. Burt Lancaster. He was like Graham. Yeah. And and Dwyer Brown, who actually I, I was friends with on Facebook for a long time. Okay. Played, uh, John Kinsella, who was, you know, appeared in the end as, as oh, Ray's dad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, oh, and for me, the, 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 the biggest intrigue, my, my dad had passed away like a couple of years before the movie. And, uh, you know, just the end, really, like when he says, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? Because yeah. they were, they had been estranged in their life. Yep. And, you know, the real reason why he built the field, even though he didn't know it, he thought it was to bring Shoeless Joe build back. It, they will come, yeah. But it, yep. the, really, the they, it wasn't Shoeless Joe. The, the, the they so was the, his the, father. The, the biggest uh, question I had is, did Kinsella, Ray's father, know it was him? You knew uh, Kevin Carson knew it was his dad, but did he know it was his son? That's like a big I I, I I say Can yes. You need to believe yes, no, maybe. I don't know. I say yes because, you know, he's yeah. up in heaven. Surely he's looking down on them. So. Okay. So he knew. Okay. So he knew. Well, and, and at the end when he goes, hey, dad, you want to have a catch? And yeah. oh, you know, that's right. He did say dad. And that's he goes, right. I'd, I'd like that. And it's so yeah, like, okay. otherwise he would have said, well, my name's Sean. What do you call me dad for? So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going with. I'm, I'm thinking going he with didn't the, hear the dad part. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with the fact that, that, that uh, yeah. So that is number movie. one, obviously field of dreams. You know, I have a list of other movies and so forth. Most of your top 10 was on my list. Um, Bull Durham. What do you now? I have some honorable mentions. I'd be curious okay. as to what you have besides that. Um, let me see. Moneyball was one that I had. That was oh yeah, big, that was actually I, I had that as number ten. I kind of I had a new nose it out. It, but right. I put sixty one in in my top ten, and I had to kick Moneyball uh, out. But yes, opposite of sixty one, opposite of sixty one. How about forty two? Jackie Robinson. Yes, that yes. Movie. That came out a couple of years, a few years back. Uh, Eight movie. Men Out. Was a good movie. That's on, that's on my that's on my honorable mention. Um, some of them, um, Cobb, uh, the Babe, the Babe with John Goodman. The Babe, 
Yeah, so like, I, I mean, I'm not a John Goodman fan, but like, I think I think he did a pretty decent job playing the babe. I, yeah. I do have that on my list. He, I don't think he can play him now. He's lost so much weight, but um, right. That's something. <laughs> he, and um, let me see, uh, Bull Durham, as I said, funny, that. funny, and then um, I wrote a couple down while you were talking because I knew my head would go crazy here. Where is it? One of them was a movie with uh, Mark Harmon and Jodie Foster, Stealing Home was one. I don't know if you ever saw that. He was a no. minor league ball, a, a, a baseball player, I'll say, semi-pro ball player who uh, kind of drifted off into life, you know, and finds out that his babysitter, who actually, you know, kind of raised him, so to speak, had passed away, and he had the uh, duty of burying her ashes. So he had to come back home and reunite with his, um, his friend, his ex-girlfriend, and all that stuff, and he he was in the movie. He stole home a lot, and that was one of the things. There it was it's a sentimental favorite um, with that one. That was a good movie, Stealing Home. Now, how about? And I'm surprised we haven't. I'm, I'm sure you're going to recognize this movie. Sure. Fever Pitch. I have that. Uh, I was about to say that Fever. Pitch. Oh yeah, which, which but Drew Mar- it, I love that movie. But it's it's a baseball movie per se. But it's based on you know it's not a. It's more like a, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not, it's not like Pride of the Yankees and things like that. No, no, I mean, it's, it's more it's of centered around the 2004. Yeah. He's, like, he's obsessed with the Red Sox. Yeah, it was crazy because that movie was being filmed in 2003 when they went to the ALCS and then Tim Wakefield gave up the dinger to Aaron Boone and we lost the series. Oh. And, the, and the Yankees went on. Um, they started filming that in 03. Amazingly, in 04, we get back to the World Series and uh, Drew Barrymore and um, Jimmy Fallon were able to film the ending scenes in St. Louis. You oh, know? wow. Okay. So, um, yeah, Fever Pitch was a good movie. That was like it's a really a, it's good a movie. It's a cute movie. I, I, yeah, I, I had that on my definitely on my list of honorable. But there are so Mr. 3000 was one. Oh, yeah. Mr. 3000. You know, he, didn't, he didn't Mr. get Mr. that 3000. He had to go back and get it. And yeah. So forth. And uh, for the love that of the was, game. That was for the love, love of the, the game. game. Kevin Costner again. Yeah. You know, and another I mean, and another movie that I kind of like that really you don't find baseball movies that cover um, scouts or you know in a serious manner. Trouble with the curve. Oh, with Clint Eastwood. With Clint Eastwood, Justin oh, Timberlake, yeah. and um, Amy. Is, it um, Amy is, Adams. Other, is, is the is the girl? I'm, uh, yeah, Amy Adams. Amy she's Adams. Okay. Girl. You know she's right. a hotshot lawyer and all that stuff, and has to go very, take care of her dad and check on her very dad. Very good movie. And it, you it, find it, that the kid who's cleaning the hotel room playing catch with his his brother, and she goes, I heard it. And Clint Eastwood's like, what do you mean? I heard it. I go, I heard it. She know, she was taught how to hear the fastball hit the mitt. Yes. You know if it's legitimate or not with the velocity. Right. And he's like, oh, you heard it. And and amazingly enough, he goes up against the kid who called him Peanut Boy and all that stuff. And that's a good movie. It's a really oh, yeah. good movie. The kid from Scream was in it. Too. He lost his job. Well, we got a dog in the house. Who yeah, let the dogs out? The fan club. She, I always she's in the Tony Rose fan club because I had Tony Rose on my wrestling podcast, and she she went nuts. And I said, "Oh, that's your Tony. That's your number one fan." Oh, wow. Um, now the, speaking of the fan, that was another one that I actually Mike Monty, my friend, said yeah. that Robert De Niro made a movie called The Fan. Have you ever? Oh, I had yeah. never heard of it. That was um, it was a uh, thriller, I think. Yes. Wasn't he he wanted to kill somebody or something like that? Kill some yeah, the fan. That was a creepy uh, movie there. I was trying to watch it last night, but I, I, I didn't get to. But yeah, he uh, he yeah, he Wesley Snipes plays the ball player. Okay. Yeah, that that was um yeah, what year was that? 96 that came out. Okay. 
So now, yeah. now here's now I'm going to go old school because this one was on my list too, and also with Robert De Niro, and it was before he was even you know Robert De Niro was uh, banging the drum slowly. I oh think, yeah, uh, I remember that one. Okay, I think it came out in 1973. I can't remember the name of the character, but he played uh, a catcher on the New York Yankees that was uh, dying of leukemia. Yeah, 73 film based on hotshot Henry Wigan, Michael Moriarty assigned to the New York Mammoths. His confident ways quickly went over his teammates. He's the opposite of Robert De Niro, simple-minded catcher. Yeah, that was a good. That was 73 that came out. Wow. Yep. Yeah, 50 years ago. Holy cow. Wow. Same, same year I graduated high school. I just had my – I didn't oh. go. I should have gone. My high school reunion was about three weeks ago. But <laughs> oh, that's right. Wait, was that 50 years? Yeah, 1973. Wow. That's just, it's so hard to believe. And then, you know – you. You, you see these pictures of, of people on Facebook. It's like, who's that old person? <laughs> oh, wait, I sat next I sat next to you in social studies. Yeah. Put and your high school yearbook so, photo up. You're better off. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking like, well, how come I didn't, like, how come I look so young and you look so old? But then, oh, wow. but then you think, like, maybe somebody looks at your picture and says, man, that guy got old. Who knows? <laughs> but I think that's it. Oh, I have one more. Yeah, what do you got? Um, I, I have the rookie. Uh, oh, the rook! I, I had that written Dennis down. Dennis Quaid as uh, Jim Mars. He was a, a brilliant prospect. He, his arm went out, yep. and he went from being a high school baseball coach uh, yep. back to a major league rookie at the yep. age of, I think, thirty-seven. Played for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Let me compound that and go rookie of the year. The kid from American Pie, Thomas Sheen, yes. Michael, whatever his name is. Yes, with the uh, broke his arm, got it reattached, and you know ended up throwing hundred mile an hour fastballs for the Chicago Cubs. Gary Busey was in that. That's right. And um, who was the little, uh, little big league as well? The um, trainer there, whatever, was the guy from Home Alone. I forget his name. He was one of the burglars in Home Alone. Oh, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. That's yes. His name. I remember yep. that. Yes, that, that was yep. good. That was cute. He was so in Celtic good. Pride and all that stuff too. So yep. yeah, that was crazy. Little, yeah. Little is it little big league where, where the kid inherits the Minnesota Twins? Oh, I didn't see that one. What was that one? I think it's called Little Big League. I, I've Little seen Big it once League. or twice. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have made oh it mention, but I've seen it. It's a cute movie. Yeah, yeah, the guy's grandfather leaves him the team. Yeah. And uh, I believe, I don't know if he manages the team as well, but, wow. you know, he, he's an 11-year-old kid in sixth grade playing ball with his friends. Now he owns the Minnesota Twins. Unbelievable. And uh, Timothy Busfield was in it. And same, oh, okay. same he plays uh, in uh, Field of Dreams as well. Yeah, he was in Philly. Um, Ray, you gotta sell Ray. Mom, so. Ray, you gotta sell. They're gonna take this. Right, you gotta sell Ray. Mark, yep. his name was Mark. Oh yeah, that's right. That was yeah, a good you will job. go bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, you will go bankrupt. This is so many good movies out there. Unbelievable! What a what a great debut for a podcast, huh? All these movies, just and stuff. just about baseball. I mean, wow, just amazing, absolutely amazing. But is that was that all we got? I think that's what I have. I wrote down a whole bunch, and that's you pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I think one. between the the two of us, yeah, there might be some obscure ones, but um, most of them are we've talked about the rookie, everything, the natural, love the natural, um, unbelievable. Yeah, you got it. I don't. I don't think we missed. I'm sure people listen to this. You know, we're going to say, well, what about you know, fill in the blank. And then, yeah, don't count the sequels, folks. You can't count the sequels. Right. But yeah. I mean, if, if there's, you know, if we miss one, I definitely want to know. And if I haven't seen it, I definitely want to see it. Yeah. Billy Bean Moneyball. I know I mentioned that one, but, uh, you know, the following year he went to the Red Sox. Well, he, ref you know, he didn't right. go to the Red Sox. He got interviewed by the Red Sox, but the Red Sox took his, uh, his what do you call it? His, a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way he was, you know, paying the players for performance and all that stuff. He took that. Right. that the incentives, oh, like, yeah. I, drawing a, drawing a blank on what it is, but took his idea of how to change the game and 
and next thing you know, they won the World Series. The Red Sox really won the World Series right. outside of Big Poppy. There were a bunch of no names on that team. Um, you know, it, it's very. Uh, I mean, were, were they using like saber metrics? Is that what you call it? Like something like was, that. Uh, yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill played that guy. He stole from uh, whatever the team it was. I think he, the went to, he, he went to Yale. He was a money man. He's like, look at this guy walks so many times. Walks equal runs. Uh, this guy right. gets and hit they, by they, pitches a lot. That equal a lot, yeah. yeah, and guys who that they normally wouldn't even think of of you know picking. They, yeah. You know, he'd say, "Well, his on base percentage is you know three seventy. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting he gets on base, so he's going to score runs." And then you wonder how true it is how he like him and the manager was it Art Howe he had problems with from Oakland. Yes, just telling him you know you got to start this guy, and he's like, "No, I refuse. He's not playing well." Then he trades him. Now you have to start this guy, and he's like, "You're killing me. You're taking away my team." And he's like, "Right." You know, it was his way of saying have faith, but, you know, just a lot of ego involved, I guess, in that. No, that's a very, I think, very underrated movie. That's a that's a great yeah. baseball play. Yeah, it's a long, drawn-out movie, too. Um, yeah. The girl who plays his daughter, actually, is a real singer. She's in Ray, uh, She plays a daughter in Ray Donovan uh, from Showtime. Okay. All yeah. right. Did not know that. Yep, good stuff. So everyone gets their start somewhere, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I think this was a great way to kick off a baseball podcast, talking about baseball yeah. movies. I mean, there's there's so many topics we can talk about. We can talk about oh, yeah. money. I mean, the greatest teams of all time, greatest player yeah. of all time. We'll definitely think of another uh, topic for the coming week and so forth. But this has been a hell of a debut. Um, talking baseball movies here on the debut episode of the Twin Bill Baseball Podcast with What a Day Joe and the Player. But um, you got anything else there, sir? We all no, said? I, I, I really, you know, I, I, when, the minute we agreed to do this, I was yeah. so excited because I thought, yeah, I'm excited I too. Mean, I just love, love talking about baseball. I've, I've loved it. I went to my first. Now I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah. Um, I went to my first game, and it was ironically Yankees against the Red Sox. It was a 20 inning game in 1964. Wow. And okay. uh, one of my Great base, and I wrote a story. I submitted it to a baseball website. I haven't heard yet back from them, but there was okay. a game in 1965. It was the Yankees and the Twins, and okay. both Mantle and Maris homered in the same game. Oh wow! Uh, so okay. did I believe uh, Phil Linz. Remember him? Okay, yep, yeah. yep. The harmonica guy, and then uh, wow. my, my cousin, my cousin by marriage for about 15 seconds, uh, Joe Pepitone. Oh yeah, um, I think one of his wives was my cousin. And then, but there was a guy um, named Ross Moschito, which most baseball fans would never have heard of. Wow. He was number 53. Um, I think he only had nine at bats in the major leagues. No kidding. Uh, or maybe, uh, maybe 27 at bats. He played in over 100 games, but he had like very few at bats. He, sure. They called him Mickey Mantle's legs. So, oh, uh, wow. you know, 65, 60, <laughs> it's 65. Mantle was at the end of the line. He was, you know, in his late 30s. Breaking down, so Moschito would yeah. go to spell him like you know maybe the eighth inning where sure. you know enough to give him make a rest and you know by by then he, he <laughs> rarely would get in at bat but the game I went to against the Twins yeah he hit the left field foul pole and oh, it wow. was his one and only major league oh, home run unbelievable so I was what there was for that what was it he hit the foul pole at Yankee Stadium yeah the left field foul pole and how, I mean, how was, what is it three fourteen down the line? with like, small, yeah, number. like maybe three fifteen or something like yeah. that. It was, I mean, it wasn't a bit. It was a you know, a chintzy shot. But nice. I mean, that nice. was it. it. Hit the foul pole. It was one and only oh. major league home run. I was seven, eight years old. My first time at Fenway Park, and I must have gone. I, I think I've sat in almost every seat at Fenway Park. I'm not kidding you when I say that. 
I grew up there. I, you know, there's the old joke in Boston is, you know, when Bostonians wake up, they only care about two things in the morning and that's the weather and how the Red Sox did. Right. And, and that's how you grew up. You know, you always, there was always a Red Sox game on, you know, from, from spring training all the way to October. Um, you know, you know, you've lived in a story town, uh, baseball town with the Yankees oh, yeah. and so forth. Red Sox in Boston, synonymous. I mean, when you think of baseball, who doesn't think of Red Sox Yankees? I mean, it's just it's and it, it's, it's I insane. have to say though, the the and I'll give you a I'll tell you a story. My my nephew sure. wound up moving to Boston and got married there. And my oh, wow. son, Dan, yeah. who now lives in uh, Minneapolis, was in the wedding party. Okay. And uh he uh, you know, so he traveled to Boston. My my son Dan is a diehard Yankee fan, like I am. Sure. Um, but he wore all his Yankee gear. They went to a game at Fenway Park. My son, nice. my son wanted to go to Fenway Park, and nice. he said he was treated very nicely oh, by yeah. the Red Sox fans. They, yep. They're good fans. They're passionate, but they're good people. We're knowledgeable fans. Uh, yes. I, I've heard that. I've been to a couple of games outside of Boston and so forth, but very knowledgeable, very courteous. Um, you know, I've seen some of the videos from Yankee fans and all that stuff, and it is what it is, but – um, everybody's passionate. They're both passionate towns and so forth. But most people, I mean, back in the day, going to a ball game, were there to actually watch the ball game. Yeah, you right. cheered your home team on. But I can tell you, I sat right behind home plate when I first saw, I think it was 85, 86, Mark McGuire and uh, Jose Consenco came up. Really and they were hitting back right? to back. And I looked at these guys. I go, these guys, I, something tells me they're going to change the sport because they were huge. Yeah, they, they weren't were, your oh, average oh, ball please. players. They were hitting right. foul balls like they were playing tennis. And they were right. hitting monster foul balls, by the way. I mean, yeah, I remember Maguire fouled off like four of them. And these things landed up, you know, two two blocks down the road. And I'm going, these guys got some power. So I could tell the game was changing then. But yep. um, I remember, I think it was 81 or 82 when the strike ended. Um, they opened up Fenway Park for uh, to watch practice, and Yaz walked right by, shook my hand. I even got a uh, Christmas card from him because my mother ran into him at a toy store one year, and I was freaked out when I got that Christmas card from Kyle Yastrzemski. That was like the that best had to be ever. a huge uh, thrill. I was like, whoa, you know. So, I mean, that's the passion. You know, we all share it. You share it. We share it. We all remember our first time at the ballpark, and it's always been special. That's something you will never, ever forget. And you know what, Joe? It still is. I mean, it still is. No, I, no doubt I about love it. minor league baseball. And the, re the two reasons yep. why I love it one is because uh, it's very inexpensive. Like, I, I live close oh, yeah. to the yeah. uh, Dunedin Stadium, which is the uh, Florida State League team for the Blue Jays. Okay. And I mean, you can on a Wednesday afternoon, I think it's two bucks. But oh, yeah. Usually it's like seven. You yeah. know, the, the beer is cheap. The, you know, the, the, uh, I no get a, there's no fraud worse than a beer for, right. you know, I mean, for, you know, uh, 12 bucks. And yep. I can sit there, get a nice seat on a Sunday afternoon, get sure. some sun, watch yep. baseball. And you never know, like those guys that you're watching, it's like well, going to an indie wrestling show. Yeah, you might be seeing the next great superstar, not even realize it, and then one day you're going to see him on Monday Night Run. You know, holy crap! I saw that guy. You know, when he, well, when he wrestled in front of thirty people. That's how I am with Brian Pillman. <laughs> right, so you, you get big, it. Yeah, you know, NXT Thunder Rosa, same thing. Right, you know, with AEW, like I saw this so, guy play yeah. baseball, and there was like forty-seven people in the stands here in Dunedin, but. I knew he was going to be great. So That's right. I, I love know, it. I mean, you, 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 when you watch the game long enough, you know who has the talent. You can see it. Right. Especially at that level. But yeah, I love uh, minor league ball. Less fluff. Just more. Just everything centers around the game. And that's it. 
There's no outside interference. And these these no guys are hungry. Like they don't have yeah. the million dollar contracts. They're, yeah. they're 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 looking to make the millions, you know, the yeah. million dollar contract, but they're they're hungry. They're they, you know, they want to get to the top and they I mean, obviously love baseball, but they, exactly. they're not making good money down there for sure. Nope. I hear you. But nonetheless, this has been a great debut podcast for That's the cool. Twinville Baseball Podcast. Next time, we'll let everybody know. We'll you know we'll promote the show as best we can. But if you can follow, like, share, whatever you can do, comment on the show, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, that's going to do it for me. What a Joe, Benny, you're all set. Yes, sir. All right, the player. Blast. We are out of here, folks. I want to thank everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. Good.